0: Hello, good evening everyone. Uh, welcome to episode 29 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Um, I kind of messed up on the last podcast and I said the last podcast was episode 29. It's, it wasn't it was 28, <laughs> but I relabeled it correctly. So yeah, I made a save there. But anyway, we're on episode 29. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, today I'm joined by a very special guest and we'll introduce him in a moment. But first of all, uh, I'm joined as always by Big A, the Mac Geek. Uh, Alvin, say what's up, man? Hello, people. Uh, And our special guest with us is uh, Nigel Tomasi, who is the co-founder of the British anime brand Mayamada. Um, Nigel, thanks for joining us, man. Say what's up.
1: Cool. Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem, sir. No problem at all. You're always welcome. Um, Those of you who listen to us regularly will remember that that Nigel was with us uh, last year on, on the podcast. Um, to talk a little bit about uh, Mayamada and, and the brand and the things that they're doing with it. Um, so if you wanna catch up on that, I recommend you go back and listen to that podcast because it really is interesting. Um, you get a lot of insight into how they kind of, uh, Nigel and his partner Lau, business partner Lau, have put together the brand and, and, and made it what it is. So um, yeah, definitely go and listen to that. But. Uh, Today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what Nigel and Lau have been working on uh, for quite a while now, which is an an event in London called Gamepad, um, which is a really exciting event. And it really sounds like it's going to be a tremendous uh, time as well for everybody who goes. So we'll get Nigel to talk a little bit about that. Um, And of course, we're going to talk about the Defenders as well. The the event that we've all been waiting for, or certainly me, Again, you'll remember from one of the previous podcasts that I said this was the thing that I was most excited for, um, and it really is the thing that I'm most excited for. Uh, So it came out, and we've all got opinions on them. Some of those opinions are strong, some of them ain't, um, but we'll get into that in a little while. But uh, first of all, um, as I said, we've been joined by Nigel here uh, to talk about GamePad. So, Nigel, for uh, people who are listening and for some reason have never heard of, of Mayamard, could you just, like, refresh people on, on what Mayamard actually is and what the brand is about?
1: Yeah, sure. The, um, so the brand is a British manga brand. Um, I'm British, we're British, and we make manga. So that's kind of how we got to that term. Uh, so we create our own universe of characters, uh, myself and Lau write and publish our own manga-style comic books to tell the stories. And, um, so the universe itself is a television network and each of the comics that we write are different shows on the network. So like they're telling the stories of these shows with different cast of characters, uh, different stories. We (coughs) also make merchandise around the comics and characters. So we've got things like t-shirts and sweatshirts, hats, um and then on top of that, uh, we do the gamepad event. So it's really about imagination and creativity and making something sort of positive from that that you know other people can enjoy. Um, manga fans, comic fans, uh, people into sort of fashion and interesting characters.
0: Cool, cool, thank you, man. So yeah, as you heard their listeners, I mean you got a a pretty good breakdown of, of what Mayamada is about and, and the kind of things that they do and as said I strongly suggest you go back and listen to uh, the podcast, initial podcast with Nigel, um, the interview that we did last year because it, it really is interesting. So if you want to know more about what they're doing, um, go and check that one out. Uh, but Nigel, yeah, we've obviously got you here to talk uh, uh, about the event that you have coming up next week called Gamepad. Um, I've had a look at the, the website and uh, I've had a look at the, the details for what's coming up, and it looks really, really exciting and engaging. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to make it to the last one, and I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to this one either. Oh, uh, one day. Yeah, eventually I'm going to get to a gamepad. I, I give you my word. We will we will be there. But um, okay, that is now on, on radio. Yes, exactly. It, <laughs> that has been um, presented as evidence into the court of the people. Yep. So yes, you can hold me to that one. <laughs> um, but for uh, those who don't know, um, Exactly. What is gamepad in terms of you know just what is it as a as a physical event?
1: It's a it's a social gaming event. Uh, so again, another term that we've that we've uh, come up with and started using. Actually, I don't think we came up with it, but the idea is that we want gaming to be something that people uh, can do together rather than sort of alone over the internet. And um, myself and I were uh, we're of an age that when we were growing up. Playing video games, it was something that when we wanted to play with with friends, we'd have to actually leave our house uh, and go to another friend's house because you know we didn't have the internet like uh, in our in our pockets. It wasn't it was it was dark times, so we actually had to you know venture out into the world and then figure out where our friends lived. Um, so you know today we've got online gaming, which is cool, but we think there's still in in people coming together. And yeah, just, it's playing games together. You kind of have this thing where you get uh, a diverse crowd of people. So we also see like guys, girls, families, people from different uh, ethnic backgrounds playing together. And that's another thing that we want to uh, kind of promote through our event, that gaming isn't just a stereotype or a gamer isn't just a stereotype. It's, it's all these different people and, and they could all come together and and sharing this passion. So we started this event uh, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then we've been trying to sort of build it up, um, build a following, a community around the brand, around the event, uh, get other companies involved. So we've had people like Nintendo supporting us. We've had uh, Ubisoft uh, supporting us. Um, and it's something that we wanna sort of take on and grow uh, and build a bigger and bigger community as we go into next year as well.
0: Mm-hmm cool cool. I mean it's it's I really love that that term um, social gaming that you've been using a lot um, because it's it's one of those aspects of modern gaming that is kind of lost I mean and, and you touched on it just now when you you know when you said about the, the development of sort of internet gaming and things like that um, that's great in a sense that it's given us a way to um, kind of game with with people you know across the world in, in ways that we didn't but in doing so we've kind of maybe lost touch with the days where people used to go around to each other's houses and you know and play um super nintendo you know and 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 play like sort of different gameplay street fighter and and things like that um yeah you know we've we've kind of lost that a little bit it's now all about sort of staying in your own little bubble and, and engaging with this electronic world which instead has its benefits but you know also you lose that that social aspect so
1: yeah it's not the same
0: Yeah, yeah. so it is interesting that there is an event like this that you guys are are putting on that really kind of encourages people to get out there and and meet each other because, um, you know, I think there's a tendency within um, kind of, you know, fandoms and and geek communities and and pop culture communities to to sometimes feel like you're a bit isolated and feel like you're alone and, you know, there isn't really somebody who likes this particular thing that you like. Um, And events like these kind of, show people that that you know they're not alone that there's other people out there who who like what you like and um you know who knows you might make a friend you might make something more so you know it it, it, there's always that opportunity for that type of relationship to develop Um, yeah definitely yeah so it's really interesting to, to hear you guys um kind of put this this kind of thing on you know um, so, in terms of like kind of the the stuff that you guys have, have got out there, what kind of um, you know like consoles have you got? Have you got sort of PCs set up for people who who believe in the PC master race, like Albert? <laughs> you know, what, what kind of hardware stuff can people expect? <laughs>
1: um, so, I'm going to disappoint uh, our because we don't have PCs. Oh, uh, so, our our kind of thinking when we when we started is that we're going to. Uh, Stick with games. So it's a family-friendly event. So for one, we have games that are all, you know, there's no 18-rated games. Um, And then console games, uh, for the most part, as things that you can play around the screen together. So our games tend to be ones that, like Super Smash Brothers, like Mario Kart, that you can, multiple people can play around the screen. Um, So we're just being mindful of of, um, trying to foster that that social gaming, so getting people together. Uh, so, it's um, talking like PlayStation, uh, Wii U, Switch. I mean, when the Nintendo Switch came out, that was a great thing for us because our last event in spring we had, you know, like one two Switch um, and uh, Bomberman as well. So we had people playing like split screen, people playing against each other on the same screen, and it's it's that kind of thing that we want to uh, bring into the event, but. Uh, you never know, we'll, we'll, as the event grows, we'll add more to it as long as it, you know, fits within that social gaming kind of ethos.
0: Yeah, man, I could definitely get down with a bit of um, Smash Brothers and Bomberman. I mean, Bomberman is a game I actually haven't played in years. Like, <laughs> I still yeah. the, sort of <laughs> the old, um, you know, NES version of, of Bomberman, like, mm. literally like the last time I, I played Bomberman. Um, so, Yeah, that's that I've seen like some of the footage for the the new version that's out, and it does look kind of good actually. So, yeah, that's definitely,
1: yeah, it's good. Yeah, people had fun with it. Mm, mm. Yeah, I played someone to switch myself. Mm. Um, I think I lost, but um, who cares? That was that's in the past.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's, it's the taking part that counts, Nigel. That's what,
1: yes, yeah, I'm sure I said that at the time. <laughs>
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, no, that's wicked, man. Well, well, that makes, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense in terms of the types of, of games that are picked as well, because I guess it, it kind of encourages people to to work together and, and to speak to one another.
1: Yeah, and I think it makes it a bit more um, inviting, because we get, so we get, you know, people are really into their games, really experience, and then we get, of so parents bringing their kids, so for the parents as well, it's like, oh, I can, you know, I can get in on this, it's, uh, so it's a super competitive thing. I can I can have a go. Mm, mm,
0: mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that's good. That's good. Do, do things ever get heated at, at GamePad?
1: Yeah, usually with Smash Brothers. Actually, that's the <laughs> that's the one that that uh, takes gets the most of the attention and most of the noise. Mm,
0: mm, yeah, Smash Brothers will bring it out of you, man. I'm telling you. What, yeah, It's <laughs> that, that type of game. <laughs> you start to see people's dark sides and stuff. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> that,
1: yeah, it all comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: don't blame you, man, do All right, <laughs> cool, man. Well, well, that sounds fascinating. Um, whereabouts is, is the event being held?
1: So we got um, a new venue. Well, I say new, we've been doing it for the last few um, events in East London. So a place called the Maker Wharf, and um, it's, a, it's a nice, brightly lit space that we can fill with games, fairly easy to get to, and it, yeah, it works well. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Makers' Wharf is is uh, it's sort of kind of Hackney Bow sort of way, isn't
1: it? Like, yeah, sure. it's like it's on the on the border of Hackney and Tower Hamlets.
0: Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: So it's, yeah. Uh, Bethnal Green, to be yeah. specific, for those who are in and around the area.
0: Mm. Okay yeah yeah so so I I I think I kind of know that that way actually because uh, I'm an East London boy so um, cool yeah so it's actually not far from you at all so yeah that's interesting, interesting. <laughs> all right cool man um where can people go to get their tickets and find out more information
1: so they can go to our website um slash gamepad and they'll be able to see so the information on, on the games video from the last event. Um, and then, obviously, from there.
0: Cool, cool. And you guys also have a, a YouTube channel as well, right, where, where people can kind of see clips and stuff as well?
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see videos from our past events and conventions, things like that. So just search MyMatter on YouTube, and then uh, all our stuff will come up.
0: Cool, cool, brilliant. All right, man, thank you. Um, Alvin, did
2: you want to make any questions, comments, anything? Uh, nah, just in the future, just like some some PC stuff would be good, especially building, because building PCs are so easy. It's pretty much Lego. <laughs> you know what I mean? So nice. I, reckon, I reckon you could like introduce like a lot of people to PC gaming and the wonders of it, because it is quite cheap as well. And you could put okay, a I, decent, I decent machine for like Overwatch and stuff for that like that for like two hundred and fifty quid. So. That's actually pretty decent price. I hear a lot of Overwatch, actually. I hear a yeah. lot, um,
1: see a lot of cosplay that as well. I used to be a really big PC gamer as well, so I'm definitely hearing,
2: uh, hearing the love there. Hmm.
0: Listen, Alvin is a is a card-carrying PC propagandist. So don't... <laughs> now I
2: am, yeah. <laughs> for the last, like, two don't, years. Don't,
0: don't let him convince you. <laughs> don't let him convince you. Right? <laughs> don't fall for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, now that's cool. Overwatch, Yeah. Funnily enough, Overwatch is not a game I've played yet, you know, and and everybody keeps telling me, oh, you've got to play it, you've got to play it, and I've yeah. you never know, got around to playing it, but me neither. It's, it's, um, it's supposed to be flipping amazing, like, especially for the, the kind of online aspects and, and for mm. the multiplayer aspects of it, um, you yeah, know, yeah. really, really good, but I've just, yeah, I've never actually just sat down and gone, let me play <laughs> Overwatch. <So>, yeah, <laughs> So, yeah, it's one on, on my long, long list. I've, I've recently uh, just bought a PS4. Um, ah, cool. Not too long ago. Um, so, yeah, I've finally joined the 21st century. So Welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took a while, but, um, yeah, I'm getting there.
1: Cool. So, what um, games did you get with it?
0: Uh, I got uh, Yakuza Zero. Okay. I um, and... haven't played that series. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. But it's Yakuza is um, uh, it's an old franchise that was on the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 originally. Um, And it's one of those games where it's like it's really, really Japanese in the sense that um, it's set in Japan, obviously. And it's about kind of like the criminal underworld um, in Japan. And uh, the character you play kind of has this long story arc of, of, of trying to sort of clear his name after being... Um, you know wrongly convicted of a uh, crime you didn't commit and, um basically there's, there's a power play between like different um factions within the yakuza who are all trying to kind of get to the top um and it's it's kind of uh it's like a you it, the best way to describe it is like a beat em up um but like an open world rpg but mm-hmm. then it's really not open world um in the sense that there isn't like everywhere that you can explore um, there are certain specific areas that, that you can go to. Um, okay,
1: so it's still quite guided.
0: Yes, yeah, it's still quite yeah. guided. And I think because of that, um, the Yakuza games have never really had anything more than a cult following. Um, like in Japan, they're massive. But like outside of Japan, it's only really like a small kind of, or relatively small in comparison to some other titles, you know, group of, of fans who, um, who are passionate about it, including me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much, but I, I really do. Um, I just love the idea of kind of going wandering around bashing people's heads in and starting <laughs> and, and businesses for money and, and the simple know. joys of yeah. life. And, so, and then go to a karaoke bar and singing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. I'm a simple guy, man. So, um, it's a
1: fun day, fun day out.
0: So I've got that, and I've also downloaded Destiny Two or the demo for it, but I still haven't played it yet. Um, really okay. A big Destiny fan. Um, and he and another friend of ours have been playing online, and um, they've been trying to get me to join in. But yeah, I'm tight because it's like they, they want to um, Sony charge like five fifty a month, I think it is. For, oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, their, their membership for online gameplay, and I'm like, hey, mm. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will do it eventually, but just. Yeah, right now. Nah. It's not. <laughs> it's just not happening. I, I can't. So, um, yeah, yeah. Overwatch is definitely on the list. So, it's definitely going to be a game that, that I add on there. Um, but you guys have actually got um, a, a game title exclusively from Ubisoft as well, haven't you, for GamePad coming up?
1: Yeah. So, I recently uh, was able to you know catch up with the guys that have been supporting us at Ubisoft. And they're able to bring the new Mario um, and Rabbids Kingdom Battle game uh, to GamePads for, I think it's out at the, in fact, this week. So pretty soon after release, it's going to be available to play at GamePad. Oh, nice.
0: That's awesome,
1: man. So you've actually kind of got an exclusive there as well. Yeah, it's good because um, like, Ubisoft has been good and supported us for quite a few events now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we want we want to do things where we can have, you know, New new games um, out for people to play. Uh, this is a good one because I think when it when it was first announced, there was a bit of a lukewarm reaction, mm-hmm. and then you know they had the the E3 press conference. People got to try it, uh, and then the, the response kind of became more positive. So it's it's now a game that I think people will want to play, which is good because mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be at our event.
0: Yeah. Sorry, we did a, um, a podcast a little while back um, after the uh, E3 had finished and um, Alvin had been following kind of like the, the um, E3 event and, and kind of been talking about some of the different things that happened there. Um, and yeah, I think Alvin's response to Rabbids was um, a loop point as well. To put it this. But um, Alvin, that, that, how do you feel about um, Raven Rabbids and, and what they're presenting for the Nintendo Switch?
2: Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. That announcement. I was just like, "What?" Like, <laughs> I, just, I just didn't didn't picture it. But then I saw a gameplay, and it's like, you know what? It actually might be all right. I mean, it's kind of like people have said, "Oh, it's like XCOM enemy." Yeah, yeah. But but like with rabbits and Mario. And the, but but again, it's just when I see these partnership ha- happening between like big companies and that, I'm I'm just so confused because like obviously my my gaming experiences, my early gaming experiences were the '90s. And it's like, I never ever expect to see Mario and Sonic in the same game. And I never expected <laughs> to see Rabbids and Mario in the same game either. So it's like, when that kind of stuff happens, it kind of blows my mind that Nintendo kind of licensed out their characters for someone else to develop something for them. And it just like, it just confuses the hell out of me.
1: <laughs> Takes some adjustment. I think it's a good thing, though, to yeah, see what like interesting is. combinations and gameplay you can come up with.
2: Mm. And I suppose those two French friends, because they're kind of like family friendly, I guess it is. It makes total sense for them to kind of like team up and do something. Because you're getting two two lots of fans coming together as one, really, to, to have the same experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And apparently Rabbids is huge in France. Um, I was told it's by Ubisoft, which I didn't realize they, there's a whole, like, there's a TV show as well.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Had a TV show for it as well.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah, that's that's really that, that's so left field. Yeah. <laughs> but then France is left field anyway, so yeah. <laughs> but, but um yeah, I didn't I didn't expect to hear that.
2: Okay.
0: All right, man. Well, um Nigel, thanks a lot for uh, sharing that detail with us uh, about gamepad. Um guys, as it's, it's uh, as you know, um Nigel's, Nigel's given us a an idea of where you can kind of find out more information and things like that. But what we'll do is, um, with, uh, this podcast recording, I will make sure that, um, a link is posted up as well to, uh, the Maya website. So you can head there yourselves and find out more. And as I said, if you're interested in, um, going to the event as well, you'll be able to purchase tickets from there too. Um, so we'll make sure that all of that information is out there for you and we'll make sure we put it up on our social media as well. So, um, you guys know where to go. Oh, fantastic cool no problem at all man no problem at all all right listeners well um part of the reason of why we were here was obviously to, to speak to nigel but also um as you all know the defenders came out on netflix um it came out when was it Alf? was it last week it came out? yeah last friday last friday right yeah, yeah yeah cool um and as you know listeners, as, as i said at the top of the show this was the thing that i was most um kind of looking forward to this year um you know that kind of the the Netflix sort of Marvel universe is something I'm really invested in. I've, I've really really loved everything. Well, apart from Iron Fist. <laughs> we'll
2: <to> okay,
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But um, I knew that was coming. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, with it, this was some, a, a universe that I'm really really uh, invested in. As said, and, and I was really looking forward to this show. So um, let's get into an initial impressions. So, um, Alvin, first of all. Uh, Before we get into like the meat and veg of the show, um, what was your kind of overall takeaway from it after you finished it?
2: Yeah, I quite liked it. I thought eight eight episodes was the right way to go. Uh, The action sufficed, um, uh, kind of the coming together of kind of pretty much everything and the multiple stories that kind of led to this path of these characters teaming up. It it all made sense to me and yeah, it was was good. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it.
0: Cool, cool. Um and Nigel, you uh did you get to watch the show?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I watched it. I enjoyed it as well. Um I like the coming together of um of the characters. I like the way they came together as well. Um I thought I think eight, eight episodes was okay. I, f- I feel like it maybe could have been longer to allow for some more like character interaction. Um but overall I enjoyed it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you're getting a lot of kind of um split opinion online and from the fans in terms of the the lengths of the shows hmm. um because you know it, it got to a point where after iron fist everyone was going no more 13 episodes stop doing 13 episodes it's too <laughs> long it's too long it's too long okay and then the defenders came out and people was said, that
1: just for Iron fist though was, <laughs> well was... i don't know well <laughs> okay.
0: um i mean from what i read from some people they they seem to think that the overall gist was that 13 in general is just too long but um, when the Defenders came out um, kind of immediately afterwards when I finished it and started looking around online um, people were kind of like Oh, eight eight episodes wasn't enough you know we needed more time to develop the characters and, and things like that um, and it's interesting because I don't necessarily feel that way I do think like eight episodes was uh, enough myself um, I felt they covered enough ground within the eight episodes and I didn't think they necessarily needed to go too much into detail, not with the main protagonists anyway, because we kind of, I guess the point is we kind of already know who they are and what they're about um, because we've seen them already in their own individual shows. Um, But I could kind of understand the argument for maybe stretching it a little bit longer than than eight. Um, But I think overall it, it kind of felt about right. Um, for my overall kind of takeaway from the show, I, I, I generally enjoyed it um, I felt there were some parts where it was a bit yeah, uneven um, But we'll, we'll get into kind of all the, the details and stuff like that So um, let's start off with we're talking about the first four episodes um, My takeaway was with the first one or two episodes There was a lot of setup and it felt a little bit slow um but how did you feel about that i mean um alvin did you find like the the first two episodes were were kind of necessary in terms of like the pacing and and what they did or or did you think nah it kind of dragged a little bit
2: well well i needed the refresher because i've I've only watched each of the seasons of each of the different shows once so i kind of did need that refresher to kind of go okay this is where matt left off and okay yeah luke cage okay that's where that left off and i'm versus jessica jones so it kind of um felt like yeah it kind of reminded me of of stuff that had gone on uh and where the characters were were at the end of their stories in their respective series so so yeah i didn't really mind that and i also think it's kind of you have to kind of think about sometimes there's people who watch kind of like the defenders without actually seeing kind of the previous stuff that have come before it so they kind of do have to reintroduce everything because there are kind of new people watching who for whatever reason and i think it's silly that they do that haven't watched any of the previous series but I, I was fine with it kind of starting off a bit slow i didn't want everyone to kind of kind of meet snap like at the snap of a finger quickly or anything like that so i was i was okay with it um because it because it and also i was hungover as well so it was it was beneficial <laughs> for, for me to kind of like for things to go slowly anyway so so yeah i was cool with it
0: yeah, I think for me, because I was also hungover, um, <laughs> because it was so slow, I, well, I felt it was a bit slow, those, those first two episodes, um, so I kind of struggled to stay awake a little bit, so I had to go back and then rewatch them, but then that was probably just a hangover and alcohol, <laughs> But But, um, Nigel, how about you, I mean, did you find those first two episodes um, the right kind of pace in terms of, like, setting things up again, um, as Alvin kind of said, and, and refreshing people on, on what happened?
1: I mean, I actually didn't have too much of a problem with um, with the pace. Um, I heard a lot of people saying like the, the start was slow. Mm. Yeah, I think it was necessary. I, I think from like the show's perspective, they have to sort of realize that so sort of some people might have you know, seen these shows like last year or, or before. So you have to kind of catch everyone up and it you have to have some build up to them all meeting Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of liked how they did it. Where they didn't all meet up at once at first. They kind of a couple met up here, another couple here, and then they and then they got together. So I was okay with the with the pace of it.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. Um yeah, I can't really argue with that. I mean I, I wouldn't in retrospect I wouldn't have wanted them to just kind of you know, smash all four of these characters together within episode one. Um, yeah, sort of felt forced, I think. So. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. And like I said with them uh with them finally meeting the way they met up is that they all um felt a need or you know had reason to go to the uh Midland Tower compete mm. to, into each other. So it wasn't like because um, you, you kinda of think of like the Avengers where it's all like it's all quite um I was gonna say force, not that's not the right word, but it's um it's like set up, like where the Avengers, we're here together and we're bringing everyone together and we're gonna save the world. This was each person had their own sort of personal beef mm. to, to be there. It wasn't to come together and work together. It was like, Oh, we're here, you're, you're you've got abilities too, what's mm. what's going on. So I like that approach to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did feel very kind of natural the way that, that they came together, um, with, which I really enjoyed. Uh, as you said, you know, they were all kind of following their own sort of leads in terms of, um, you know, investigating different um, aspects of of um, their communities or, or following their own sort of different missions. Um, mm. And, you know, it's that path that they followed that kind of brought them all together and, and, and to the place that uh, at midland circle so yeah i guess a reflection that, that that's fair point that is a fair point to be fair um what did you guys make of uh the fight scene at midland circle i think which was in episode four which was where everything kind of just picked picked up for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah what did what did you think about it um nigel uh, nigel did you like the way that they kind of staged the the fight scene with the introduction of luke cage and, and things like that
1: yeah i mean like no one does corridor fight scenes like Netflix <laughs> Marvel series. So this was like the latest in a in a, in a long line of good corridor fight scenes. Um, I did like, kind of appreciate how, um, because um, Matt is the only one who has you know the sort of secret identity kind of thing going. So I quite liked how he was going to had to, you know, I'm going in, but I'm going to cover, cover my face. Um, and everyone else was just like, why? what is this guy doing um i did quite i appreciated that but yeah no the fight scene was great i think this universe in general um iron fist aside which i'm sure we'll get into <laughs> does good fight scenes uh so i think i think the, the three quarters were were good enough to, to pull up <laughs> the uh the one quarter in that uh in that uh, setup
0: Yeah, it was just um, the way that they kind of like staged that that fight scene was was really really um, was really good because it was quite intense. Um, yeah, for that first part where uh, the the members of the hand kind of jump Iron um, Fist in the boardroom, uh, and the way he kind of fights them off, and, and the, the the way he uses his kung fu, and um, you know the way it's choreographed is actually really good. Um, especially <laughs> said in comparison to what came before, um, <laughs> it, it, it's actually really impressive. Um, what I don't understand is how they went from that to then him going backwards and being terrible again in the later fight scenes. But again,
2: we'll
0: get, <laughs> to, that. We'll get to that. But um, Alvin, what did you think of like the the hallway fight scene and the way they did? Did they keep up the tradition?
2: Yeah, I pretty much loved it. To be honest, I mean, it was, it was obviously they all got their chance to shine. You know, I mean, we got to see. A, bit of each of them and obviously we've got to see as to what we like about each of those characters as well in, in their fight scenes but yeah it's um it's kind of like a coming together of all the corridor fight scenes yeah it was it was really enjoyable especially because that's the point where it kind of really started to kind of like rev up its pace you know what I mean so the pacing got faster from that point and it and like because the next episode after that obviously they're in the uh in the Chinese restaurant and whatnot and obviously discussing things and all that kind of business. But yeah, the pacing definitely increased from, from the corridor fight onwards. Uh, and that's where I think where it probably picked up for a lot of people as well. Um, but now nah, I, liked, I liked the staging of it. I liked what happened. All the little jokes and stuff like that. Um, obviously, Matt seeing a lecturer again and all that kind of business. But yeah, nah, I, thought, I thought it was a really sweet, really good sequence. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Yeah, it was really, really well staged and, and well handled. Um, that sequence, so the way they brought back Electra as well was was brilliant, man, absolutely brilliant. Um, But we'll get into Electra and and some of the other characters as well. Um, But first off, were there any other scenes uh, aside from that kind of corridor scene, which is uh, clearly obviously everybody's favourite, but (laughs) aside from that, was there any other kind of scenes and um, kind of character interactions that stood out for for you guys at that point? Um, Alvin?
2: uh yeah well, one of my personal favorites is uh, later on in the uh, in the series <laughs> where iron fist fights daredevil <laughs> and he just gets fucking worse <laughs> like it was just um, i was just like danny you know what you're too young and naive and he fights it's like he almost fights from purely emotion you know what I mean? Whereas with with Daredevil, he can control his emotion in it. So like yeah, he's just sheer skill. You know what I mean? He'll just take his emotion out of it and he'll whoop you. And that's what he did to him. You know what I mean? He taught him like a good lesson. But then he just couldn't <laughs> stay down. And he's an idiot for it. But that, that was that was great seeing them like actually have a fist fight. It's almost like you know, like so. You know, like obviously, obviously, it led up to it in Civil War, like with Tony Stark and Iron Man. It's kind of like you know, like in the Avengers, where they're having the argument where like the scepters like cause them to argue and all that. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but actually ending in a fight mm. made sense because people were kind of coming from different places in regards to things. Um, and I'm just glad that it actually led to fisticuffs 50 between people who were supposed to be working together. And yeah, just seeing him get whooped was uh, it was kind of satisfying. Yeah, that,
0: <laughs> that was actually hilarious. <laughs> was. Yeah. That was hilarious. I mean, like, it made absolutely no sense for his character um, in terms of that Iron Fist is supposed to be the greatest fighter in, in the universe. And uh, anyway, well, I'm going to get to my Iron Fist rant and we'll get to our Iron Fist rant in a minute. But yeah, okay. that was a funny scene. But um, Nigel, anything that stood out for you? Uh, any particular kind of character interactions? Or
1: Yeah, I mean... I feel I feel like I have to apologize to the Iron Fist fans um <laughs> out there because well, all, so,
0: all, all one of them, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're out there.
1: I'm sure they are out there. <laughs> um the so I did appreciate the um the scene where Luke Cage uh, and Iron Fist were were brought together or forced together um by the better house if you want to say. And um just Luke Cage gave gave Danny Basically said what everyone was thinking. um, Just gave him the, you know, the uh, your privileged position Mm. um, talk, and you don't understand what's going on around you, and and uh, these people that are at the bottom of the of the ladder, so to speak. I yeah, I had to sort of fight the urge to stand up and applaud him uh, (laughs) as he gave Danny a dressing down, and Mm. because I I felt that it's kind of made me think that one of the one of the problems um, of the Iron Fist character that. Or the series before is that of the of the four, I feel like he's the one that um, didn't earn his power, mm. um, and I say that because when I say earn, obviously he went through the the whole thing to become the Iron Fist, but we never see it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: He came and he's the Iron and he he's the Iron Fist and he had his power and we never see it, saw him struggle. Where we saw, you know, we saw Jessica Jones go through uh, the thing with Kilgrave. We saw. You know Luke Cage kind of take on this uh mantle and his uh, neighbor will be sure you know um Matt and all his his demons and uh his his path to becoming the devil of hell's kitchen, but Matt just turns up with a billion dollar inheritance and this this ancient power um so yeah i I personally appreciate just Luke saying what needed to be said uh, at that point.
0: Well, yeah, man, I mean, we might as well jump into um, (laughs) my issue with the defenders, which was Iron Fist. Um, Unfortunately, listeners, uh, the wrestling kid, Rich Kid ain't with us tonight. Um, He's with us. But um, I know he'd have a few choice words to say about that as well. But um, yeah, I think if there was one major issue I had with the defenders, it was, yeah, you guessed it. It was Iron Fist. Going back to what you kind of touched on, Nigel. Um, yeah, I mean you're right. It, it, it's a problem that it stems from the original show and, and the fact that they screwed that up so badly. Um, you know, they never bothered to to kind of show us Danny um, struggling to receive his power, so mm. you don't really understand why. You know, he, he has this guilt and this weight on his shoulders and they kind of showed it in the show in the sense that, you know, they showed these flashbacks to, to him as a kid and, um, you know, they, they they constantly kind of mentioned the, the dead mum and the dead dad and um, you know, and he always sort of talks about this hardship and you don't understand how hard it was for me and, <coughs> and you know, then we get another like quick flashback scene of some monks beating him and, but that's about it, you know you don't really get to Kind of relate to the character in, in the way that you should be able to and it's incredible that they've managed to screw it up because the the comic books do this so well with iron fist um you know uh, one of richard's favorite kind of runs is is the um the iron fist character in the comics is um the immortal iron fist um written by matt fraction with uh art by david aha and um what that does is uh even for people who know have never known the character before, it it kind of gives you a great grounding in terms of, of what it is that is his motivation and what it is that kind of drives him. And um it gives you a sense of, yeah, okay, I've got this ancient mystical power, but I'm still, you know, I'm still a regular guy. I still like regular things. I still have regular relationships with people. Um and that's something that they just haven't done very well at all with with the character going from um, his own series and, and, and still in the defenders. You know the amount of times that he went around going, oh, "I am the immortal Iron Fist. I am." He does name drop the a hand. lot. <laughs> I am <laughs> The immortal Iron Fist. I am here to defeat the Hand, and it was just like, "Stop it! Stop, so, it. Yes. Stop it!" I mean, I, I I think there's a point in the Defenders where Colleen Wing turns around and says, "Yeah." He says that to everybody. I don't, yes. Don't <laughs> it's ridiculous he just he just keeps repeating and then there's a point halfway through the season um where during that kind of midland circle confrontation and, and at the end of it where they go to the restaurant to kind of hide out a recruit and the character kind of changes he's you know he's got his feet up on the table he's kind of all sort of relaxed because he kind of knows i guess he knows what he's doing now um in terms of that you know his purpose has, has been met he's he's Come into confrontation finally with with the hand and the leadership of the hand and so on, um, and there's actually a couple of scenes in there where you know he gets to have some dialogue and to to have a little bit of fun. You know, I like the, the the kind of little back and forth between him and Luke Cage where, you know, he's eating still, and Luke Cage says to him like, "How are you still eating?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, it takes a lot of um, energy to charge my cheese. and it's, <laughs> it's kind of a throwaway line, but it at least kind of humanizes him a little bit more
1: yeah uh, i agree
0: okay like you know maybe this is it maybe this is a turning point for the character maybe we're now going to kind of get to see the, the the type of Danny Rand that you do see in the comics who's more of a um you know he's more of a laid-back character who's more of a, a kind of uh open-minded character but instead they kind of just go straight back to him being whiny kind of repeating the same line over and over again and it just oh it it got really great in there. (laughs) Anyway, Nigel, we kind of know how you feel, but Alvin, um, how do you feel about, like, the character vibe? Do you feel that people are, you know, kind of being a bit harsh in their reactions towards it, or do you think there's any justification for
2: that? It depends. I mean, some people, for some reason, are still kind of really angry about the fact that danny is white <laughs> you know what i mean and it's just like that that's the character like what what do you want you know what i mean like, that's how he's in the comics um but like i think he's vastly improved in the defenders uh like you said he did get like the best scenes with him where it was like more chill more chilled out less serious you know a bit comedic uh and it kind of reminded me of the um the most recent well i'll say the most recent run of um power man and an iron fist um how it was kind of he's kind of like a ditz a slightly ditzy dude a bit of a hippie but he's, he's a bit ditzy and kind of luke is the one that has to kind of like be the adult in the situation mm. you know what i mean and i think if they ever did like a, a luke cage and iron fist series i actually think that could quite i thought they played off against one another quite well like their first meeting was mm. was pretty hilarious <laughs> so like when he said hey, he's see Mortal iron fist it was like you what mm. you know what i mean and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I thought no, I thought it was better in this. Um fight wise, I don't know, man. I want I want to see some pure kung fu, like some proper, just like seventies inspired Kung Fu. That's what I've always wanted to see from Iron Fist. Like I don't know why stylistically they they won't go with that. But I thought it was much more tolerable in, in this show than uh than an iron fist. Um so much so that like I said, I don't think I don't think we need another Iron solo Iron Fist series. Team up with Luke instead.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, um, in the uh, one of our previous podcasts, myself and um, Rich Kid, the Wrestling Kid, were discussing the show, and we were kind of saying where it should go next. And um, one of the things we both kind of suggested was, you know, he needs to be paired up with 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 other characters. He can't really be um, the the sole focus of his own story, unfortunately, because of the way they've messed this up. So, um, you know, the the rumor going around, well, it's not even really a rumor because Jeff Lowe kind of strongly hinted at it, but um, apparently for Iron Fist season two, uh, Misty Knight has been added to the show as well. Um, she has quite a famous partnership with uh, the character of Colleen Wing. Um, they had in the comics uh, their own detective agency called Nightwing Restoration, um, so I guess maybe they're going to take some elements from that and try and include it in uh to daddy's story um and the way the defenders ends kind of hints that maybe there's a a slight change to the character coming as well so there's still hope fingers crossed for for iron fist yeah um
1: what i'm hearing is that he works best when diluted mm, mm. (laughs) if it's on his own like it's it's hard to take Mm. but um yeah mixing some other characters in there and uh we can we can go through a series
0: Mm, mm. yeah no it's definitely wise I think to to do that um I mean I wouldn't even be surprised if he turns up in Luke Cage season two as well um because I I reckon he he might pop up in there somewhere um just to kind of again um get the character you know turn audiences around towards the (laughs) character and say look we know we messed it up but look here's this guy here he is he's with a guy that you like you know, you like this character, we're going to pair the two together in the future, so you never know, stick with it. So yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that at all, I so, reckon you know, that would definitely be um, something that, that comes along. But yeah, poor old Ives. I mean, like, I didn't understand the, as well how his martial arts seemed to go backwards, because he, he started off kind of in that first fight scene in the opening episode and it was a bit like okay you shot this in a dark tunnel and you jump cut in you know every 15 seconds so clearly he's not up to scratch but then as the show kind of went on like the the fight with luke cage i actually thought wasn't bad um it, it you know he i felt that he, his martial arts looked quite convincing in that fight um and you know and and uh, mike coulter who plays luke cage i thought he sold he sold it really well as this kind of you know imprinted impenetrable guy that that can't be hurt by these blows so i felt that worked well and then when you got to the midland circle fight scene i was like okay great We're you know we're going somewhere and then we got to the the confrontation with daredevil and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) like like literally daredevil wiped the floor with you wiped the floor like i don't understand like how did daredevil dominate you like that like that that's just crazy and um you know myself and and rich were were talking about it and i was saying that you know charlie cox kind of like just looks so much smoother
1: yeah yeah
0: he's saying in his in his show whether it's in um whether it's in his own show or, or in the even in the defenders you know he just looks so much more comfortable smoother he kind of doesn't look like he's counting out the steps in his head as he's doing them he just kind of you know he gets it um, whereas with Finn Jones it, it kind of feels like he's still not 100% um, kind of comfortable and that's not necessarily you know, uh, you can't really like kick a man for that, you know, it, it does take people, um, different people you know, different amounts of times to grasp things, that's, that's just the way human beings are but yeah, it just feels like wow <laughs> like, it's just, it goes so far downhill, I mean in the final um, fight scene in uh, in the dome at the end um, there's literally a scene where they're fighting. You know, when, once all the characters come together and, and they're all fighting off the hand, um, there's a, a scene you, you can kind of glimpse it. Although somebody's actually posted it on YouTube as well, where he's fighting a character and he throws an air punch and his fist, I kid you not, know, oh. is about seven or eight inches away from the guy's face. And the guy, who, and obviously the stunt man, you know, does his job and, and goes, oh, and sells that he's been hit. And you're like, wait, you you sold that punch how? Like, <laughs> you know, like how have you have you sold that punch? And it's it's things like that that just really need to be ironed out. Really need to be ironed out. Um, you know, and I I, I I would never dream to speak for for Richard because he can speak very well for himself. But I know um, he would feel the, the same about that as well. And I know he does feel the same that um, you know these are things that really they should be ironing out. Um, apparently, uh, again, when I was speaking to Richard this week, he said that they've um recently started training Finn Jones now for Iron Fist season two, which I don't think is due to start filming until next year. Um, so clearly they know there's an issue there. So, you know, the fact that they've got him in training already, um, kind of tells its own story. So,
1: yeah, that's positive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's a step in the right direction. So
1: yeah, we, we we wait and see. Yeah, I mean, one thing I wanted to also say just while we're on this Iron Fist subject is, um, for the character himself, the one thing that did bug me, or another thing that did bug me, is that for you know he keeps saying he's the immortal Iron Fist and he's been trained um, in in Kunlun, and you know he's supposed to be this sort of calm person, calm fighter. I think you mentioned it earlier that. Hmm. For but he seems to get really emotional really quickly Mm, mm. and loses core. I'm like, where all of a sudden all that training just goes out the window and he has a hissy fit (laughs) and just how I yeah struggle to square those two things. Mm. Um, I don't understand how that And it it keeps on happening. So I don't know where that comes from.
0: Well, the thing is, I mean, they tried to explain it in well, they didn't really try to explain it. What they did is in um, his show they kind of try to show that his mental state um kind of is 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 affecting his abilities and the way that he does things and because he carries this guilt over um what happened to his parents um because he feels the weight of this responsibility to you know defeat the hand and because of um you know his own self-doubts and things like that he he kind of um that kind of affects his abilities but the thing is they didn't really explain that explicitly or in any kind of detailed way in his original show so when you get to these scenes where he becomes emotional and it's like you know the fighting gets all sloppy and stuff like that you just think it's sloppy martial arts when you're watching it whereas i think to 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 try and give them some credit i think what they're trying to show is that because he's still not in control of his emotions and things like that is why his performances um what is why his like his iron fist is hit and miss and and, and things like that but yeah it's it, <laughs> it's not good it leaves a lot to be desired because again mm-hmm. you know this is where they screwed it up with with the first um season of that show if they'd done those things properly it could have it would have made more sense to people then watching it and watching him get emotional all the time and kind of having these hissy fits because also you know um um which is another good point that that Richard pointed out when we were talking about this was that um, you know, the the idea, I guess, with the TV show was to show that he was a bit of a man child and a bit kind of, you know, because he had no real childhood when he, you know, when the plane crashed in Kunlun, he was a kid. Um, so, you know, he's never really kind of had a proper growing up phase and an adulthood and he knows all that's been beaten into his head every day is you must defeat the hand, you are the protector of Kun Lun, and so on and so forth. So, he, so, you know, the idea is he's a bit of a, a, a man-child. But again, it, because it was so poorly executed in that first season in terms of the way they wrote that character, it just falls flat and it doesn't really work, you know?
2: So, so what you're saying is, is the Kung Fu's answer to Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's what I got <laughs> from what you said, pretty much. <laughs> Kung <Fu's> Michael Jackson.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, mate, pretty much. I think that's um, a very good analogy, actually. Didn't see it like <laughs> that, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good analogy. But, um, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we've spent a lot of time on Iron Fist. Let's move on, man, come on, because mm. I, uh, I, okay. I don't want to kick a guy while he's down, man. So let's, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Um, you guys, what, what did you make of the, the villains of, of the piece? Um, the hand and, and kind of how they were portrayed and things like that. Um, were you happy with the way that they kind of came across? Did they feel um, familiar uh, now that you've, you know, kind of seen them in, in Daredevil Season 1 and Season 2 and in Iron Fist? Um, you know, did they feel like a, a, a organization that were a serious threat to the heroes? Um, and also, what did you make of uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, Alexandra, and, and kind of how she played it? Um, Alvin, you can go first.
2: So, yeah, I like the way that she she played Alexandra. Uh, I like the little hints that they dropped into uh, as to how old she was, like, straight away. You pretty much knew like, that this character is, like, really supposed to be super, like, old and that. And, uh, yeah, I thought she was played really well, but I was focusing on her, like, as if she was good, the big bad um i didn't know they were going to do a bait and switch later on um I, di- I didn't i didn't expect that whatsoever so yeah i i liked kind of what she did but she was ultimately a little bit pointless um so mm-hmm. you know but yeah in terms of the hand uh i liked kind of like how they kind of explained as to how the hand works and that there's kind of there's a main leader and then there's Another four leaders, but they work under the main one. and the five of them together are like five points of a hand, or, or the five fingers and form of a hand. And uh, I, I kind of like that the way that they explained it more as to how they're really a shadowy organization, who kind of have been at the center of everything, but in different in different ways um, in all these different communities uh, around New York and whatnot, uh, plotting to do what it was that they were plotting. So um, I, I kind of put a lot of stuff into perspective. Uh, for me, in regards to the hand, and I'm also glad that we're gonna get to see Mad. We're definitely gonna get to see Madam Gao again. I reckon. I, d- I don't think she's like. I, I reckon we'll see her again because she's fucking. She's badass. I love the woman. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. She's she's my MVP for that. For that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gao is my MVP, man. She's the most valuable player. So I hope to God they have not killed her off, and I I highly doubt they have because they've already mm. shown across like. Three seasons of this show now that she's a, a very caddy operator and she knows yeah. when to she knows when to attack and she knows when to retreat um so i suspect she's kind of pulled back to the shadows at, at this point
1: um, yeah i've got that sense
0: yeah nigel how about you man with the the hand and stuff did you feel it was it made sense in terms of the, the way that they explained uh the, the purpose of the hand throughout the show
1: yeah, I mean, I like they explained the the origin of the hand, how they came together. Um, I also, um, as you said, I liked how they kind of hinted at uh, Sigourney Woover's character, how how old she was, with the little the hints um, along the way. But also, I guess match that with because she's she's dying, so you you kind of get a sense, oh, this woman's really old. But we've also just seen a scene where um, she, you know, she's literally falling apart. I think um they said when she went for a checkup so then that kind of um gave some impetus to their uh, to their goal of you know just this thing that's going to keep them alive um forever and ever so i did like that uh madame gal uh, excellent i always like the character who because throughout her her appearances you never really see her fight mm. or anything uh i'd always like that in, in bad guys the ones that you don't see do anything They're the ones to watch because there's a reason they don't need to do anything. But I did like that. She got her hands dirty a little bit. Um, That was cool. I do. I felt that the ultimate goal in the end, it's. It felt a bit. I mean, I I got it. I got what they were trying to do, um, but I didn't get the immediacy to New York because they framed it as we need to stop them to save New York but I, I guess their, their threat wasn't really specific to New York. It's not really a, a bad issue, just something I noticed where, um, yeah, it wasn't really an imminent threat to New York, aside from the earthquake, but I didn't see how that was going to, you know, blow up the, the, the building, if, whether New York would have been leveled or something, or would have had just um, excavated all that stuff and, and then gone on their way. So, um, yeah, that was a little mismatched me, but yeah, I liked um, I liked the coming together, I liked seeing the dynamic between um, the the, uh, the hand uh, the um, in their characters and how they all want, wanted diff- slightly different things, and Madame Gower as well, being someone who kind of knew how to treat a situation, so she didn't just get herself killed, she kind of stepped back when it needed, when it was time to step back so yeah, I liked seeing that
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really. This is probably another minor gripe that I had with the series, but I don't think they really explained properly the the, the immediate threat to New York um, in terms of what they're doing. What I took from it, from the show, from what I saw, was that they wanted these bones of of the dragon, um, Shaolu, I think the dragon thing, I can't remember now. I've I've had a mind thing. I think it's Shaolu. Um, but it's the uh, basically these dragon bones are, are, are what provide them with their immortality um, and if you remove these bones because the foundations of midland circle building are is, is built on that if you remove them and you excavate them in the way that they wanted to do um, it basically would have caused a collapse so that's what caused the earthquake and it would have caused a, you know major trauma basically to to that neighbourhood and to the, the city overall. Um, so I think that's what the the threat was. But as I said, I,
1: yeah, it wasn't I communicated. It wasn't if that right was it, there.
0: it wasn't greatly explained as as such um, as to how they do that. Um, but yeah, I mean the the villains are for the most part I enjoyed. Um, although they brought back Bakuto and. I, I, so that guy just kind of doesn't agree with me at all it's like I don't think with him and colleen wing i just it, like i i switched off from it in the um in for season one and i kind of switched <laughs>
1: well. yeah actually now you mention it that i i kind of agree with you in a sense because it in a way it felt quite uh petty yeah like was, what he what he was doing so you're supposed to be this Im- immortal kind of you've got bigger issues to worry about what this yeah. uh this woman is doing with her life but he seemed quite obsessed with her for some reason.
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, we're going to be a family. He wanted family. Yeah. We're going to be a family. But if you're not going to be part of the family, then I'll kill you. But you can still be part of the family. And it was just okay. like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it, dude. What do you want? <laughs> like, it's like Clearly, she doesn't want to be part of the family. So just kill her and done with all the talk about family. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he grated on me a little bit. I, I must admit he did. Um, Alvin, how about
2: you, man? Did you find Bakuto annoying or did it make sense to you? Uh, yeah, I thought it was, he seemed much more kind of snivelly evil uh, than he was previously in, um, in, in Iron Fist. So I was just kind of like, why, why is he like super just like trying to concentrate on Colleen for like, mm. like it, it just it, his character just seemed a bit, a bit different. And I don't know as to whether that's a side effect of dying and coming back to life or being severely injured and then coming back to life. But it it just seemed way more kind of, eh, ha, ha, ha. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, what? But yeah. well, it, it didn't it didn't bother me as such. It was just more like different. And mm. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Mm. I well, guess there wasn't any kind of proper motivation other than revenge.
0: No, I mean, they did kind of, um, again, they did this quite badly in in Iron Fist, so uh, sorry, I keep going back to Iron Fist, but uh, (laughs) in that show, they did kind of try to explain that every time uh, somebody comes back from the dead, they come back a little bit more deranged and a bit more kind of crazy, which is what happened to um, that guy, what was his name, Meacham, Harold Meacham. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, every time you, you kind of die you come back and you know with with more screws loose basically. Um and it's kind of what they hinted at with uh, Electra a little bit as well. Um but yeah, it just with Bakuto it just kind of grated on me to be honest. But um yeah, Electra, that brings us to Electra nicely. So what did you think of um Electra in the show? Did you kind of get what she was doing in terms of um her motivations for doing it and the way that, that, that it kind of played out in the story? Did it, did it kind of make sense? Um, uh, Nigel, I'll, I'll go to you.
1: Yeah, I think Alva makes a point about her making um, Alexandra's role kind of pointless, because in a, in a way, she served her purpose immediately when she brought Electra back. And that was it, because she was then killed by Elektra. Um Hmm. I must admit that I, I was slightly I was confused the word like when she sort of took over I felt that uh how is she taking over this this organization so easily? Mm-hmm. Um I was kind of I don't mind electra so I was cool I was like alright we're going to go with this she's she's the captain now. Um so if if that's what it is, that's what it is, but yeah, it did kind of um confuse me for a bit. It's like okay, you've got these are supposed to be the, you know, the most nefarious, notorious uh, people, like villains in all of history, and they've just been, yeah, they've just been taken over with one with one stab. Mm,
0: mm.
1: So I, I did find that confusing. Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, Alvin, you'd mentioned um, the bait and switch uh, a little bit earlier. So um, yeah, I mean, what were your feelings on on that when that
2: happened? Uh, I, I didn't feel insulted, but <laughs> I was a little bit like. Because, I mean, I, throughout, you could see that Elektra was becoming more and more herself uh, mm. and was kind of getting like her personality and like memories back and whatnot. But um, obviously, there was no kind of let on as to kind of how much of herself was back. Um, so when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, well, then she must be entirely back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it was a bit like, I felt a little bit kind of cheated because, like I said, I was focusing on Alexandra rather than... Uh, Electra, but like like Nigel said, yeah, it was, yeah, I was pretty much like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah I can, fair enough. <laughs> I, I kind of I expected, I didn't expect a double cross like that, but you know, I expected it to to come back, and for whatever reason, they decided that should should kill Alexandra. So so yeah, it was um, uh, it, it, was, it was it was kind of, I don't know how to, I still don't know how to feel about it because it's just like it just kind of happened. I was like, ah, okay, so. Yeah, what was what was the point then if that if that was going to happen? I, I kind of feel like something else should have happened instead. Um, but I mean, in terms of taking over uh, the hand, I mean, well, to be honest, no one else can really take her down because she's fucking well shit high in it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's the only reason as to why <laughs> everyone else was like kind of shitting it from her. So fair point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I... The, the The way kind of the show ended, I suspect that's not the last that we'll we'll see of um Electro. but yeah, that brings us nicely towards the the conclusion really so i mean did you um were you happy with the way the the show kind of wrapped up um in terms of how it left uh the four main protagonists and and the villains um and kind of what do you see in the future for any of those ca- uh, characters if you have to speculate so um uh Alvin you can
2: go first yeah with, with the actual end uh it's quite a tragic end um but it it made sense uh to me, especially you know with with Matt and Electra and the way they are um they're kind of always weirdly destined to be together in some way shape or form um so sort of when it ended the way it ended, I was like, oh okay, that's kind of brave for them to do that um but then as they are wrapping up the show, what they then revealed kind of pissed me off a little bit i'm not gonna lie it kind of it was kind of like watching yes you know what i mean like it it was that similar kind of ending um i mean i like the fact that it it, i kind of wish you didn't because there's that amazing scene with like um karen and foggy and they're waiting for matt to come through the door and you know it kept on going back to the door and then back to them back to the door and then karen had this like kind of she did this kind of thing where she was expecting him to kind of just like walk in, and I also kind of expected it, even though I knew yeah. that, that wasn't going to happen. And I it was a really good. Offer. It was a really good moment, and like it really got to me. And then to started crying in that, I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, this is going to be no more Daredevil then. Uh, but then, yeah, when they just showed what they showed at the end, I was just kind of like, eh, well, it's, you've, you've taken that away from me now. You've robbed it from me because I had that. Emotion, not feeling at that moment in time. I felt bad for those characters, but now you've just kind of reversed it all entirely. I'm just kind of like, what was the point then? You at least should have like left me hanging. The Devil series came out, but for whatever reason they decided not to do that. They just reversed what, and and I bet there's going to be some kind of BS reason as to why, how he got out or whatever. But and maybe maybe it was the power of God and those nuns. Who knows? But like. (laughs) It's like I don't know i feel I feel it was good, but I also feel cheated again at, at the same time, even though as a whole, I like the show it's like I want death to be death sometimes,
0: yeah,
2: and I think with a lot of comic book stuff, death isn't death mm-hmm. and I, I don't know I don't know why if you're gonna make make like if you're gonna kill some make sure it's the right time to kill someone off and actually actually do it and see it through to the end mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah no i, I uh... I'd have to agree with that 100%, man. The fake out death is is an ending that I'm really, really pissed off with. Um, you know, comic books and comic book movies and comic book TV shows shows rely on on that trope way too much, and it, and it's just annoying. And that mm. did like uh, I can't lie, that and really annoyed me. I was like, for fuck's sake, like you've really done it, haven't you? You. <laughs> tried to pretend that oh no he's dead oh no he's not and it's like well we know that that he's alive there's a daredevil season three we know so why play with you know this stupid ending it it doesn't make sense to me but anyway nigel your your thoughts did you think it wrapped up well
1: yeah i i can't disagree with what you said i mean i i was happy to see that he wasn't dead but Mm. i i hear you on the oh he's dead and then we're gonna just give this little piece at the end when there's a Daredevil season three. We know that already. So why do it that way at all? But um, I mean, even before that, I kind of, I think as much as, um, you know, we had issues with uh, Iron Fist, I felt that uh, Daredevil and, and Charlie Cox's performance was at the other end of the scale. Uh, I thought he was uh, excellent uh, through the show. He was the, yeah, he was, he was ultimately, he like, came through as like the leader um of the group and i feel that he, yeah his his like his coolness his his leadership but then he had the blind spot which was electro like just complete blind spot that almost led him to make that decision and, and you know you guys go i'm gonna i can still get through to her because i i still believe that somewhere deep down uh this this woman that i love is in there and i can turn her around and i'm willing to risk uh everything for it so um, I quite like that and and the way that it came so yeah, the way that it came where uh you know his his friends were debating you know, oh, we thought you left that life behind, um and he kind of made the uh the confirmation I know this is this is my life, this is who I am, um and i 'm willing to end my life here'cause this this is who i am and and whatever um whatever it takes to to live that life and get through to this woman, I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna risk everything. So quite like that on a on a personal level. But yeah, I I I hear that the the way the fake out death yeah, I guess it's not a, a good thing. I mean it's good in the moment, but when you think about it, it's like why do they need to do that? I don't know. I don't know how I, how I feel about it.
0: No, that's understandable, man. It it it's something that grinds my gears. It's it's, it's kind of lazy. Um, I think from a writing point of view, there's,
1: there's yeah. You know? Because I something. I guess I'm thinking like, what? How else could they have done that? So would it have been better to show him, just show him getting out, and mm-hmm. and be done with it? Or um, this is like me now as a as a writer. I'm now thinking like, how else could you have how how have you have done that? And, and what other endings could you have made hmm.
0: Hmm. yeah no it's a fair point man it is a fair point it is a fair point um so yeah so for you i guess daredevil is is kind of like the the character of the heroes who stood out the most for you in the show um for me personally it was jessica jones um because i just love <laughs> her as a character um I, yeah. I i love her show i think it's a show is incredible um for, for what they achieved from from what they were doing um and i just love her wise assery and and don't give a fuck about it i she do knows. appreciate that as
1: well yeah <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> like it's just so brilliant and i love that she constantly spent the entire show calling people out on their bullshit it was just brilliant
1: yeah like, that is very yeah. true
0: yeah she, she definitely adds that to, to the plate um and i think
1: even going back to the beginning where they all came together and it was it was like um it was not all or we're going to come together and we're going to fight and we're going to be merry, and We're going to be happy. It's like, you know, we've all got our own feelings about this. And Jessica Jones is like, I don't even want to be here. Uh, I'm just following a lead, trying to help out this woman. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And yeah, like you say, I'm just going to, if I see something that doesn't make sense, like you are being an idiot. I'm going to, I'm going to call you out on that. So Matt, you look stupid, like in, in that scarf in this costume um and yeah iron fish is just an idiot in general um so yeah I, I just love that and if i need a drink i'm gonna take one from this uh <laughs> a homeless person i'm just gonna do that okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just whatever i'm gonna do that yeah
0: yeah that was awesome that was awesome um alpha was there a standout for you amongst the, the four that you liked more than any of the others or connected with more than any of the others
2: yeah probably luke cage because uh well he ended up getting his end away in it so uh, and he kind of <laughs> and after all he's been through yeah, you know yeah, i mean he yeah. saved the hood and all that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> went to that, prison that
0: that was a well-deserved coffee break man <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was <laughs> <Everybody>, <laughs> like,
2: yeah so you know him and claire hooked up and to be honest it's, it's weird that two characters hooked up and because usually a character will hook up and then there'll be all this drama around it and blah blah whereas this was like no look there's two people that want to bang it and he's out of prison now so and fucking banged and that and that was it. So I was like, but it was it was quite like fucking it was more graphic than I expected. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I sound like 20 years older than I actually am, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of like, whoa, you know what I mean? Might have to tune this down a bit. A
0: little bit, it was a little bit. But then at the same time, I guess we we kind of well, we we got pretty graphic sex in Jessica Jones, didn't we? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's I'll another thing time. I had to turn down as well yeah. because that was kind of like <laughs> expected as well i'm always kind of shocked as to when they do do like sex scenes and stuff in these shows it always it's always more than i expect Mm,
0: mm, mm. i think it's partly because um because they come from a comic book background and you kind of have this inbuilt preconception about comic books in a sense that um you know especially with with characters from a brand as universal as as marvel and as big as, as marvel is um you kind of get the sense that it's gonna be a little bit cookie cutter and a little bit kind of um safe yeah safe yeah but yeah. is- like
2: you see the, the end of the act rather than the beginning yeah, of or middle exactly. like tony stark you always see the morning after yeah, when, the, exactly. when the chick's leaving in it
0: exactly you'll see tony start buttoning up his shirt you know afterwards and it's like oh okay they 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 did the the naked dance <laughs> but um, yeah, no. They, with with these shows, they've they've not shied away from it, which is um, <laughs> which is interesting. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, man. Well, um, I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, firstly, can I uh, get your scores for the show overall? So, um, Alvin, out of ten,
2: out of ten. Um, hmm. That's, mm, you know what? I, I'm going to be generous. Um, and I think even with its flaws, it entertained me all the way throughout. Uh I did enjoy it, pretty much watched it in, in like one day. Um and it kept my attention. Um e- even with the few things that I've said that were that kind of negative, but then also not because they were done so well. I'm 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 like leaning towards a seven and a half eight. Oh. Kinda leaning towards an eight. I'm I'm more eight than I am seven and a half.
0: <laughs> okay, so we could take we'll take it as an eight again. <laughs> so Yeah, eight. We'll round it up. We'll round it up. Uh,
2: Nigel? Okay, that's a
1: tough one. Actually, I actually hadn't thought about a score. But, so I, I think I have to go to the others. Um, so I, I don't think it's as good as Jessica Jones or at least Daredevil season one. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to, I might have to go like a, a strong, strong seven, seven and a half. Definitely not an eight because hmm. I, I put yes let's go seven seven and a half somewhere around there.
0: well fair enough um i'm gonna go with seven as well i i I think um overall the show like definitely entertained me um i wasn't bored at any point throughout um you know and it was really fun it was just a lot of fun to to experience these characters coming together and to experience that that story it was a thrill ride so um, I really enjoyed that. It does have some problems, a couple of problems which we talked about, which kind of grated on me, which is why I, I feel I can't really give it that. And, and also maybe because partly I was so excited for this and um, it perhaps quite lived up to my expectations in terms of what I thought I would do like for the show. But at the same time, it, it's, um, it's a good show. I can't, you know, turn around and say it's, it's not good. It, it's fun. So, um seven i think for me and um yeah. finally would you guys be down for a season two i mean they haven't confirmed anything yet but presumably if this show does well which it looks like it is doing well um we will get a season two at some point of, of the defenders um you guys would be down for that
1: yeah yeah i mean i'd want to see like i said at the beginning like the interaction between the team how they come together uh how they deal with each other uh, i would enjoy seeing more of that and I think to the scores as well because it, like, sometimes especially on the internet you see like seven. That's oh, a terrible score, but I just think the level of quality of these shows, um, this series in general, is so good uh, that like a seven is a is a good, yeah. like, solid solid score. Like it's a really good TV that um, that Marvel's putting out with these shows.
0: okay cool well uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us listeners so um let's bring this party to a close um nigel thanks a lot again for joining us man uh, really appreciate it uh you're always welcome on the show um and we will definitely have you back again in the future um cool. just before you go uh could you let everybody know where they can find uh my Amada on, on social media and out there on, on the internet
1: yeah so we are on all the social medias uh except Snapchat, I think. We're too old for Snapchat, maybe. But uh, <laughs> you can find us on um, Facebook, Myamada, Instagram, MyMatterTees, and that's T-W-E-S. Um, Twitter, MyMatter. Uh, the best place is our website, Myamada.com, and then all our social media links are on there, as well as links to uh, the GamePad event information and tickets as well. Cool.
0: Perfect, man. Um, Alvin?
2: uh where can people holler at you at and have you got anything new on your youtube channel yeah you can hit me up on uh twitter and also oh, instagram at big a85gl uh if you want to find a youtube channel uh that's uh big a the Mike geek um yeah, i'm just posting content on there regularly got a few few new subscribers here and there recently and just uh yeah just gonna post more content i've look at it if you want and um and yeah subscribe
0: Cool, cool. All right. Well, listeners, you can find us uh, on our website, which is uh, www.wulongtalks.com. You can get hold of us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, so please come and visit us and and give us a like and let us know what you think of the show as well. Just head to Facebook and type in Wulong Talks and you'll find us right there. Um, You can also get hold of us on Twitter. Um, I'm usually on the Twitter uh, account, so you can come and say hi to me if you want or Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you want to cuss me for the I did. If it was, uh, if that's the case, I didn't do it. But, um,
2: Iron Fist I'm... fans. Yeah. <laughs> the so...
0: Fans will come right in. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, on Twitter, it's Wulong Talks as well on Twitter. Um, uh, obviously, you know about the YouTube channel, so you can pop along there and, and check out some of the other vids. We've got some smaller bits uh, as well as the podcast episodes. Um, and if you're listening to us on the audio, please make sure you like and subscribe and download and share it with any of your friends and anybody who you think might be interested in what we're doing, um, please let them know. Uh, and if you do, leave a like, uh, leave a review as well um, and let us know what you think, uh, any areas that we can improve on, anything that you like, or don't like, let us know. We're open-minded guys over here. Although if you say anything nasty, we might set Alvin on you and you don't want that. So, um, yeah just be constructive with your criticism. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's it. It's a good night. So I'm going to say good night. Uh, Alvin say good night. Good night. Uh, Nigel say good night.
2: Cool.
1: Good night. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem at all, sir. You're welcome. And it's good night for me. So good night listeners. Uh, enjoy your bank holiday weekend. And Oh, if you're going to Notting Hill carnival this weekend and you see me stop me and I'll give you a little rum shot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Take it easy people. Peace.